0: Welcome to Fright Night, for real. And welcome to episode five of the Estuary Podcast. I'm your host James, and I'm here with my co-host Beth.
1: What is up, everyone?
0: How are you doing today, Beth?
1: I'm extremely tired, but I'm here.
0: How has your week been so far this since the last show?
1: Really long. I had a couple of exams this week that I finished up school-wise, and now I'm ready just to enjoy the weekend. Or next week. I guess it's Sunday.
0: (laughs) Yeah, right. Any updates on anything? Any grades come out or anything like that? Anything good?
1: No, not really. Nothing good. All right.
0: All right. Well, as I alluded to in the intro, we're doing Fright Night this week. And as usual, I'm really excited to do this review. I am. Uh, It was a bit of a toss-up to which movie we were going to do this week. I knew I wanted to do a vampire movie, but it was between Fright Night and The Lost Boys. I found out that a friend of mine that does another podcast was going to cover the Lost Boys, so I settled on Fright Night. Uh, Speaking of the other podcast, I'd like to take this time to thank Jimbo and Terrence of the Tragedy of Cinema podcast. In an effort to expand our audience, I have been reaching out to other podcasts to see, you know, about like collaboration projects, general assistance with making the podcast better. So one of the shows that I reached out to is Hillbilly Horror Stories. It's hosted by Jerry and Tracy Pauly. Um, I also reached out to Shoes, Booze, and Tattoos. It's hosted by Jessica or Jess Walters. Uh, they're two of my staple shows, and I highly recommend both of them. Uh, they were all more than happy to give me some pointers, as well as listen to the show for some general feedback. So a huge thank you to, to, to them and pretty much anybody that, uh, that responded back. But uh, now back to Jimbo. Jimbo went a step further when he saw my post about wanting some help and decided... He uh, he said, I'm going to take you under my proverbial wing. So he reached out to me about the show and he discovered that our two shows are very similar in content. So basically, you could say, we give the meat and uh, their show gives the potatoes. Oh, good. That's a way to to think of it. So I've been listening to the... uh, Binge listening, you could say, to the tragedy of cinema it's a fantastic show where we detail talk about the movie itself jimbo and terence give the behind the scenes aspects of the film discussing topics such as the films like the camera the film that was used runtime uh, all the way to little known facts and easter eggs about the film Uh, most most of the stuff just not stuff that most people know so what i'm going to do now i'm going to play their promo and I really ask that you look them up and give them a five-star review, as well as listen to them, because it's a quality show. Um, I know you have not had a chance to listen to them I'll yet. definitely give them a listen. But I want you to, yeah. um, for real, and check them out. So here comes their promo, everybody. Hi, I'm Jimbo. And I'm Terrence. And we are the host of the Tragedy of Cinema podcast which is a family-friendly podcast mostly about older movies. Join us as we discuss facts, trivia, lesser-known facts, and give our opinions on the movies that we cover for that week. Simply go to your favorite podcast app or program, search for The Tragedy of Cinema, and hit that subscribe button. Thank you for your support. And that's a wrap on this promo. And And cut. cut. All right, once again, that is the Tragedy of Cinema podcast with Jimbo and Terrence, and I ask that you give them a listen and leave them a five-star review after you do. So, now back to Fright Night. It was released August 4th, 1985, and it recouped about two-thirds of its budget the first weekend it was out. <laughs> I see you nodding, shaking your head. Yeah,
1: I know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it, it topped out grossed about $25 million, which is not a bad haul. Uh, it runs about an hour and 46 minutes, which to me flew by. But uh, how about you, Beth?
1: Uh, no, it dragged on completely. Uh, like like absolutely too long of a movie. There, it was unnecessarily that long. Yeah. I'm upset. <laughs>
0: Man. So, it, mm. <laughs> we'll see how this one goes. <laughs> it's going to be uh, even in ozen, I think. Um, it's billed as a horror thriller, but I would have to throw in comedy there as well. There's plenty of dialogue and interaction that makes you laugh and not just as a segue to the next scary scene for me anyways. So, you're telling me that you didn't laugh at all? You didn't laugh at Evil Ed? Nobody made you laugh? I mean, that's
1: I can't remember and like there's too many there's too much bad to <sighs> highlight the good things. I mean, I think Ed was a funny character some of the time, but sometimes he was just obnoxious, like the kid you want to punch.
0: Mm. All right. <laughs> Let's get into it. Fright Night is, to me, it's an 80s movie at the core. It had all the elements of an 80s slasher movie, but played on the cinema history of vampire lore. So it told who they are, what they are, and most important, how to defeat them. So having a character like Peter Vincent in the movie, showing his older films, only helped to meld the old with the new. So the name Peter Vincent, excuse me, is a play on Peter Cushing and Vincent Price. They're both classic horror movie players. So the film was written and directed by Tom Holland. So you're actually able to see the fluidity of the story from his eyes as the creator and the director. The story is a cross between a vampire movie and a story of a boy who cried wolf. That's what he said. Oh, wow. So the story was developed to focus more on the character's relationship and less on special effects. That being said, you can clearly see that the special effects that were used were iconic for the time. In fact, and I'll get into it a little bit later. After other special effects artists saw this movie, they were contacting the special effect artists of this movie and being like, "How did you do that? Like they like the melting part, and well, you of course we'll get into it and everything like that." Right. Um. In fact, though, most of the $9.5 million budget was spent on special effects. <laughs> so where he didn't want it to be one that depended on it, it definitely had them in it. Richard Edlund, Edlund was the cinematographer for Fright Night, and he had just recently finished up Ghostbusters.
1: Oh, really? hmm That's
0: interesting. He even brought some of the props from the movie, and uh, we'll talk about that later as well. So, so how does it begin, as always? We start off at the beginning of the film, so there's not a delay, a lot of delay in the start. You it, want to
1: talk about the trailer?
0: Oh, let's go ahead.
1: I'm sorry. I wanted to mention the trailer, especially this time, because I actually like the trailer. Oh. I thought it was very interesting how they set it up. I didn't know it was a vampire movie based on the trailer. Actually, I thought it was about ghosts, because the cover of the DVD thing, it looks kind of ghost, ghost-like. ghost oh. It's all, like, faded. Um. I gave the, the trailer an impression score of three out of five, actually, and I, I thought it was pretty interesting. I mean, a horror movie, it looked it looked appealing. Not how the actual movie went, though, <laughs> in my opinion. But yeah, we can jump right into the movie, though.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. I, I missed that part. Um, I like the cover because it actually uses, and we'll get into that as well, um, the imagery on it. Right. That you're saying looks like a ghost with the giant mouth is actually in the movie. Um, it was a part that they, it was like a, a very last minute edition. And it turned out to be like one of the staples of the movie. Like when, when people saw that part, they were like, holy cow, did you see that part? Oh. Um, and then they decided to make it the cover art as well. So the movie scrolls into Charlie's room. With the TV show Fright Night starring Peter Vincent, who's played by Roddy McDowell. It's playing on his TV. Charlie Brewster, played by William Ragsdale, is engrossed in a makeout session with Amy Peterson, who's played by Amanda Beers. So during during this, Amy finally decides to get in the bed with Charlie. Uh, he happens to be glancing out the window though and catches two guys next door carrying in what looks like to be a coffin. I like this part. For the simple fact that you see the one guy is like using like two hands to carry that coffin, and one of them is literally just using like two fingers. So it's already kind of demonstrating what the character setup is for me. Um he grabs his binoculars and watches them carry it into the basement while getting while Amy is getting pretty pissed. Um,
1: Yeah, I thought that was kind of strange, actually, because, like, he sits there and he sees this happening, and as she, like, kind of walks by him, why he didn't, like, immediately be like, oh, look out the window, waited for her to get on the bed, and then was like, oh, Amy, you got to see it. I thought it added to, like, the fact that he just, just disrespect towards her.
0: Completely disrespect, I mean, to the point to where she storms out of the bedroom. Right. Um, He does chase after her. And they run into Charlie's mom, Judy Brewster, who's played by Dorothy Fielding. And she lectures them on the value of couples having fights before marriage. And uh, she does also inform us that the house next door was finally sold to a man who apparently fixes them up. Um, During this entire scene, Charlie is preoccupied with looking out the window. So much that he basically blows off Amy. Again. Again. (laughs) And uh, Amy storms off. And she's like. Bye, Charlie. <laughs>
1: yeah, at, at the start of like, the feel, the movie, I definitely felt kind of bad for Amy, definitely at the be- at the beginning.
0: Right, because it's like she's finally putting herself out there, and then he just completely just gets engulfed with something else. And yeah. she's like, oh, okay, <laughs> so a bit of a shot to the uh, to the old self esteem. I would I would assume. <laughs> um, we do cut to the to the next day at at the school with Charlie talking to Ed or Evil Ed. Played by Stephen Jeffries, he's complaining about a pop quiz in trigonometry. Uh, Amy comes by, bumps into him, and completely ignores Charlie beckoning her.
1: Yeah, I, I didn't have a good impression on Ed because he goes, That's the point to a pop quiz, Brewster. It's supposed to surprise you. And I was like, Man, get out of here. You're not funny. That's oh. stupid point of a pop quiz supposed to surprise you dumb and it's like the comic relief
0: man he is well he, is... he had a
1: bad starter right you don't have
0: any weird friends like ed that run around I'm
1: not i i bullied those kids in
0: school oh
1: those were the kids i put in lockers
0: <laughs> so I... <laughs> <Yeah>. so, <laughs> so amy's pretty pissed um, and she, you know, she physically shows it to him by just ignoring him completely. Upon returning home, Charlie runs into an attractive woman who is looking for the house next door and he directs her where to go. Charlie asks his mom if she had met the new guy next door. She says no, but advises that he also has a live-in carpenter. So You know, they're once again putting up the ruse that they're there to fix up the house, that maybe they're just, you know, two guys that that go fixing house to house, have a live-in, whatever. Um later that night while studying alone, Charlie does hear a woman scream. And it's it's a real short scene. Like he's studying, she screams, and then we cut to him being at a burger joint. Yeah. Um, Amy comes in to discuss the relationship. It's apparently been a couple of days. Um and she's like, oh, I'm so glad we're going to get back together and I really do love you and blah, blah, blah. And Charlie gets distracted by the TV again, telling him more murders in the area. Yeah, he
1: just gets up and walks off. <laughs> he just gets up. I would be pissed. And she's
0: completely put out by it. Um,
1: And then evil is also suddenly there. Like, Yep. Like just, oh, what's up?
0: Yep. Ed tells Charlie that not only are they dead, but the heads were chopped off.
1: Yeah, I thought he was kind of kind of creepy. At that point, I was like, maybe, maybe he's the murderer.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so Amy mushes a sloppy Joe in uh, Charlie's face for for blowing her off, and he just she just dubs out again, which he deserved. Now this is where my favorite line of the movie comes from. Ed says, "Oh, you're so cool, Brewster. I can't stand it." I, yeah, I did think that was funny because he just, his laugh is just oh. It's yeah. just—it's so funny to me. Oh, you're so cool, Bruce! I just like that line, and it just—I'm pretty sure that again, once again, another line that I used to say as a child, annoying my three older sisters. I um, really, yeah,
1: I really liked. Okay, not that I really liked many of the characters in this movie, but I liked their dynamic because in typical like high school based films, you do have the one who's like. Like, really attractive, in a sense, and then really popular. And then you have his friend, who's kind of the underdog that no one really likes and just kind of sticks around him. And that's what this was, again. Right. So I, I kind of like that it stuck with that. It gives me that older movie kind of feel.
0: I gotcha. I gotcha. And, yeah, and, and it develops it. It's not just, oh, hey, these people are thrown together. You kind of see. And they're not necessarily popular. They're not necessarily this, that, or the other. Right. You can see that they are just friends they're not trying to in the remake they really tried to make it as if charlie brewster was like somehow jumping social status i don't know if you ever saw the remake or whatever but he was he was friends with ed um who's played by uh mclovin
1: oh really yeah (laughs) that's
0: perfect um and he's basically he starts dating amy a girl who's out of his social class so he's jumping up into a different one and getting new friends and and leaving ed behind and it's a little different and i I didn't appreciate it as much you know why why do that it's it's unnecessary um what's his name the 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 one you would recognize him he was in uh neighbors he was it doesn't matter I can't think of his name was in it as well and he was he was one of the kids that could turn into a vampire um anyway back to this. Fright night yeah um charlie returns home and attempts to go into the basement of the house next door but gets busted by one of the men so he runs off we don't quite know who the men are yet they haven't been introduced we just know that they're these two guys living next he door.
1: had a really creepy introduction as well and yeah he just why well, you keep it that way hey kid yeah. <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> ah! <laughs> um we then find charlie posted up at the window in a rear window fashion watching the house next door with binoculars. Now, Rear Window uh is a movie that came out and I th- oh gosh, Jimmy Stewart, I believe, is the one that's in it. He breaks his leg and he lives in this uh in the city and he's in these and and he's watching, he's basically bored. So he's looking out the window and I think he sees a murder. Because oh. he's watching with binoculars and everything like that. I unfortunately am a victim of not having seen this whole movie. I only know it from from Universal Studios tour. Um because you can see and he's looking and somebody's looking back at you and you're like, ooh.
1: So, yeah.
0: But um, anyway, that's that's the style that he's doing, this, which is really weird, sitting there looking with binoculars at the house right exactly next door to you. Um, he falls asleep, but later that evening he awakes to witness one of the men with a woman. Uh, he thinks it's going to be a peep show, but uh, then he gets frightened when the man produces fangs. <laughs>
1: yeah, I thought it was uh, pretty convenient that there's a... Window right in front of him, and he just like look, he's like watching, and they keep making eye contact with him.
0: That part, it was freaky. I actually mentioned about that as well because really he looks up and he makes eye contact with him, basically you know busting him. And I mean, they don't just make like eye contact, like oh, they're and like, it's awkward. staring
1: at him, yeah. They're like, yeah, right, like, like
0: there's lines coming out of their eyes, Um and uh, then he slowly draws the shades, and you see his creepy hand. Uh, that he's got the extended creepy fingers. Right. So, gross. <laughs> Charlie does try to tell his mom, but she's half asleep. So, sh- so uh, he, he runs out. I don't know what he's running out to do. I mean, what do you. Uh, throughout the whole movie, I mean, up until this point, I guess you could say, I don't quite understand the character. He's definitely the boy next door. But what do you think you're going to do?
1: Right. And. I, I thought it was it was weird to me how quickly it escalated too because he's up in the room with the girl and then Charlie runs downstairs and out the house and into the bushes and then suddenly the guys coming out the house with a bag right like dang he wrapped her up that fast
0: yeah he done did her <laughs> that, yeah he man. went this, he went and put him the body into the back of the jeep along with her purse which is kind of like the insinuation saying that's her in the bag right. Um, his mom comes out screaming his name, which gets him busted by the men.
1: <laughs> yeah, he throws an apple at him and then walks up over to it. Did you
0: see the bite? Yeah. Out of the apple, see that was what was really interesting is uh is the size of that friggin' bite. It was like the whole entire apple. Yeah, right. And he's like, mm, twink, and he throws it right at him, and Charlie comes running out. I think that's worse. I'd rather just stay in the bush and let him come find me and be like, oh, I was just looking. Yeah, like, what's he gonna do dog. at that point? <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: <My laughs> dog. <laughs>
1: I don't, please don't. I was just quit. gazing at the stars.
0: I was doing something other than looking at you and uh, your dead body. Yeah. His mom tries to calm him down with hot cocoa.
1: Yeah. The um, poor, poor marshmallows didn't go and melt in the microwave. They don't. They
0: never melt in the microwave. <laughs> um, she, but she basically doesn't believe him.
1: Which is, of course, typical.
0: In right. This right. Movie. Yep. So. Um, it literally then cuts to him telling Amy the exact same thing. Who doesn't believe him either. Um, Charlie then you know he's like convinced to get this going, and whatever his you know uh not attraction, his um I can't think of. obsession, jeez oh pete, what his obsession with this is, he goes to the cops and attempt to bust the guy for at least the two murders, right because he figures well at least you know he's murdered somebody, so you know, screw it, he's not a vampire, but he's definitely killed some people. I can get him with that um this is when we're formally introduced to Billy Cole played by jonathan stark uh he is the quote-unquote live-in carpenter who um he uses charlie's ranting of of vampires to get the cop to believe that charlie's just some crazy kid he's like you know because at first he's you know they're like well let's track the trash let's do this let's do that and then charlie starts going into him about to be a vampire and everything like that and and, and then
1: they start making fun of him. And
0: Billy Cole just, like, starts going. Initially, and the really interesting thing about this part, initially the, the part of Billy Cole, this part, was supposed to be played straight. Like, supposed to be, and what I mean by straight is like, what do you mean, kid? There's no vampires. There's no this. But he auditioned and played it like he did in the movie, where he's just, like, joking it off and making it like it's a joke and laughing and everything like that. And they loved it. And they, they decided to change the part to be like that. That's good. Um, Yeah. So... Cop pulls off, pissed. Billy Cole comes out onto the balcony, and Charlie realizes that it's getting late and getting dark. Uh, this is one of those all alone moments that I've spoken of in um, prior episodes. And this is what scared me more than anything about the movie. Uh, once again, the situation where no one believes you and you're made to look crazy. Like, I. That's, again, 80s horror genre play on part. You're trying to tell your mom, you're trying to tell you saw it. I mean, he he saw the fangs. He's not crazy. He saw it happen. Right. Then he sees the body. He saw that woman who now showed up dead. All of this is coming to and two. Even if it's not a vampire or whatever, pretty sure that this guy is involved in killing somebody and nobody believes you.
1: I thought it was interesting too because as a fan of true crime, I see a lot of I like I listen to a lot of podcasts that are like they talk about murders and most of the time People go after low profiles, uh, uh, i.e. prostitutes, and that is what the first lady that he saw in the blue dress Mm -hmm. was, and they say that on the TV, so I thought it was interesting that they tied sort of that into the movie where he's not going after just random people. They're low profile people, people that aren't going to be missed in a sense, so I thought that was interesting. Yeah, that they smart. Yeah.
0: It's a smart way to do Smarter
1: it. Way. Yeah, it just, it just added a layer to the movie.
0: Yeah. So Charlie realizing it's getting dark and, you know, now that he's a little freaked out because Billy Cole is out there staring at him like, what are you going to do? You know, so yeah. he uh, speeds off to Evil Ed's house and tells him of the vampire situation. So Evil pretty much tells him what the rules are for protecting himself from the vampire.
1: After getting eight dollars. <laughs> right. Yeah, this is
0: where the rules of how to combat a vampire come in. Um, Ed is totally being sarcastic to get the eight bucks that Charlie promised him. But he does actually get it right. And that that's what's really cool is that uh, this, once again, melding the old with the new. If you watch a lot of old vampire movies, you know, you've got the crucifixes, the crosses. You've got the
1: holy water. Holy
0: water you've got in the heart. You've got the reflection. You've got a bit of um, garlic. Yeah, and glamour. You know, glamouring somebody in mind a little bit of I don't want to say mind control not on necessarily the other humans, but there is a, an aspect to it. Yeah. Um and Ed kind of goes into it and it and it turns out to be true and I, I really like that aspect that they didn't try and throw something new um, like other movies do.
1: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> innocence, yes.
0: Twilight. I just don't
1: li- <laughs> I don't like that it immediately pans to like, the next scene is, um. And like he like the last scene he says, oh, and don't invite them in. They can't be invited in. And the next right. scene, the mom is like, oh, come come downstairs, meet the neighbors. Yep. And it's invited in, and he makes a big deal about oh, couldn't have come over if your mom hadn't invited me in. And they do that multiple times through the movie, like same like. Later on when they call him and they're like, oh, ask him about how he feels about holy water and stuff like that. And they like, oh, wow, no, I don't like holy water. It's just, oh, it's just tap water? Yeah, okay. Like, I mean. Right. But I guess can go into the comedy part of it, which you were talking about. But I, I, don't, I didn't really like that. I would have liked it more if it was more of a, like, in the moment type thing. Right? I gotcha. So.
0: I gotcha. So, yeah, like you said, Charlie does return home after being told. That vampires cannot enter the house without the rifle owner giving permission. Um, He does return home, puts his defenses up in his room, nails his window shut, (laughs) Um, but he finds that his mother has invited Jerry Dandridge, who is played by Chris Sarandon, into the house. Now he is the main vampire, as we learn. Um, Ironically, did you see what he's drinking? A Bloody Mary? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> his mom's just, you know, she's just kind of like a, a ho. And she's like, oh, I hope he's cute. And then she was upset. She's like, oh, I don't know. They might be a gay couple, you know. And she, well, then she invites him over. I don't she's think,
1: like, oh, you're never going to see Charlie's dad. So you can imagine that he's not in the picture. Right. And his mom's a little up there in age. And I mean, based on the house that we've seen, it's very kind of like girly and nice. And so, I mean, maybe she's just lonely. I, th- I thought it was okay. charming. I All thought right. it was nice. All right.
0: All right. Um, he does tell Charlie, like you said, that he will be stopping by anytime he wants to, as long as you know, the mom is okay with it, which she's all like, absolutely. Um, and that he'll see him soon. So Charlie runs back up off to his room. And I like to because Charlie was coming down whistling down the stairs, he's like
1: Yeah. <laughs> and
0: then he sees him and he runs back up and he's like tripping up the stairs and everything like that. Um that night while his mother sleeps, Jerry comes into the house to basically scare Charlie into keeping his mouth shut. And this is, again, is why I don't understand why he couldn't just be like, yeah, sure, man, no problem. No, I, I've got no problem with that. You're clearly in my house and have some kind of supernatural powers. And
1: your arm, your hand's around my neck right now. You could easily kill me.
0: Right. And he even calls, this fool. You know, he's like, what? what's your problem, dude? Just leave me alone. I'll forget about you. You forget about me and I'll, we'll go on about ourselves. But Charlie, he's got to be the hero of the movie. Um uh, so I just I guess he can't just do that. But while he's hanging out the window, uh he stabs a pencil through Jerry's hand. And I'm guessing it being wood, it's a pretty terrible effect on him. Jerry transformed into like full on vampire. Really ugly. Yeah, he's he's like raw. Oh, his hair gets all weird.
1: <laughs> yeah, I thought that scene was actually pretty disgusting because it shows the, the pencil through the hand and then him pulling it out also. Yeah. It was horrible. Which was a
0: good effect. Yeah. It was a really good effect.
1: Good effect. But disgusting. Um and I thought he was really ugly, full-blown form.
0: Jerry does leave the house at that point in time. So, I'm guessing he didn't kill him because like you were saying, it's it's high profile. Um he's if he had killed him then, then you would have the cop who had where he was reporting that he was a murderer. No. And that might spark suspicion because he's saying, you know, you've caused a lot of problems for me. You had the cops in my house. You this, that, and the other. You're you're drawing attention to me to where I don't want to have attention drawn to me. So if he had killed him and not just tried to scare the heck out of him, then it may, you know, draw even more on bad attention to yeah,
1: him. Yeah, I thought this scene was also kind of – I mean, I get uh, – the movie's had progressed progress, and, but I felt like they could have had – more of the sense because like he goes in and he thrashes his room yes
0: yeah he puts puts he puts puts a hole the
1: the dang um drywall the the, yeah that in the closet like the closet's (laughs) completely destroyed
0: he says we don't want to wake your mother yeah and then he throws him through the closet yeah
1: the mom comes in and she's like oh i just had a nightmare and he's like oh me too mom let's go to sleep get out my room and but like you you think that the mom would have gone back into the room at some point and just been like I mean there was so much damage and her door was completely smashed up too cuz yeah.
0: yeah he pulled it up onto the up onto, onto the scene. frame
1: so i mean i would have was a mo- like if i was a mother i would have had a little bit more questions going on
0: i got gotcha. you so <laughs> so charlie sits contemplating what happened and turned on fright night and he gets a call from jerry <laughs> telling <laughs> him that he sees him and i just destroyed your car <laughs> and uh, i'm going to get you tomorrow night so i guess that kind of blows my theory out of the water that he was holding off on killing him. But then again, maybe the the fear of being killed was enough. Maybe he was just hoping that, you know, be afraid of me. I'm going to kill you. And then he's just going to stay quiet and maybe be like, Oh, please don't kill me.
1: Yeah. Maybe we're going to try to reason with him again or something.
0: Maybe. I don't know. But Peter Vincent does come on the TV talking about vampires and Charlie decides that he is the best option to help. So, how do you feel about the movie so far?
1: I mean I guess at this I at this point I still kinda of was entertained. I was still kind of there with it because things are progressing pretty quickly. You know, you have your characters already set, he's going on, it's like you're trying you're you're almost at the climax of the movie. This is the rising action, things are I mean, I think I thought things were progressing pretty good. And then after this things just slowed down so much. And I was so bored after this.
0: Really? Yeah. Really? Th- so you're saying it left you wanting more? I mean, it sucked you in to the point like at this point you're like, oh yeah, man, okay, we know that he's a vampire.
1: I was just, yeah, I was just expecting more okay. afterwards. Cause all right. yeah, there's just a lot of hype so far. Cause you're like, oh, the next night we're gonna, and then it's like, oh, what's gonna happen next time? You know, is he gonna? He's gotta get more prepared now. He's gotta be got all this stuff together, and then it just just drags Coops on. Out on you, you said? Yeah.
0: Hmm. So Charlie does go to the studio to meet with Peter Vincent to ask for help. We learned that Peter has been fired from Friday Night, from hosting a Friday Night,
1: or so he says.
0: Well, I think that he was,
1: no, and well, then somehow later, he gets
0: the job. I, I think it just happens. I don't I think don't that. Know. Yeah. He
1: said that he quit because he had a bigger thing going on with somebody else to get a movie part. I, I think on. he
0: was saying that to save face. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I you're I talking about when they come to let see him. him come
1: back. I think he did that, and then came because he was tired of it because the ratings were down. So he was like, "Whatever, I'm done with this. I'm gonna go do something better." And then was like, "Well, at the end of the movie, you know, oh, Charlie changed my mind. So we'll get with it." And then he starts talking about other things like the aliens, not just the vampires. Right. So I don't think he f- got fired.
0: All right, that's one take on it. So. Um, Charlie does confess what he needs for, P- <laughs> but Peter is not having it and drives off. He's like, "Yeah." Um, you know how you're a vampire, Hunter? Honor? Uh I've got a vampire living next to me. I need yeah. you to help me kill him. And, and he's then
1: like he even tells him that he doesn't even believe in it.
0: Right. He said, I lied. Yeah, I lied. <laughs> <laughs> I love how he said it too, because it's it's just like somebody sending you're convincing something somebody, and somebody's like, Oh, you want to help me with that? And he's like, No, I'm not gonna But you said you would Yeah, I lied. Yeah. Um Evil Ed and Amy come to see Charlie and find that he is hidden in his room with garlic and candles everywhere. Like, he is full-on into this. And they're just like, wow. See,
1: this is when I started to get lame with the movie. Because because Amy starts to suddenly support Charlie. And it's all like, okay, well, we, we can go to Peter and everything or whatever. Because she loves him. Right. But then she goes to him and tattles on him. And it was like, he's crazy. He's going to get himself, you know, whatever. She, just, like, was, like, she was lying <sighs> to him right to his face.
0: Yes. Because she I loves know, him like, and she wants to help him get past this because she thinks that he's crazy. But so she's trying to fashion a way to help him, but get him past this. No,
1: I didn't see like that. Oh. I saw Amy as a jerk. Oh, get
0: out of here, Amy. Unsupportive. (laughs) Nice. But also, I didn't really like Charlie. I like that Charlie The whole relationship was bad. He's making crosses and stakes out of wood. Yeah,
1: she grabs it from him.
0: (laughs) Yeah, he he tells him that he plans on going over and and stabbing Jerry in the heart with the stake.
1: That's murder, Charlie. (laughs)
0: Yep, that's exactly what she says. She said, that's murder. He said, well, you can't murder the dead. And he's like, I'm pretty sure you can.
1: I I liked that during this time, evil is also like, like... like laughing, like super yeah, he's, hard. He's all like, Oh my god, you believe like, all
0: this? It's like Friday night. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Amy and Ed are able to convince Charlie to wait and see if they can get Peter Vincent to go and help him. So, Charlie agrees to wait while Amy and Ed go over to Peter's apartment, which is weird that they knew where he lived. Um, but yeah, whatever. Uh, so they're trying to convince him and to maybe prove to Charlie that he's, that Jerry's not a vampire. So Amy pays Peter $500 to do the deed basically. Um So they call Jerry to see if he will agree to the fake test and he does, but he gives strict rules on what, and what is and is not allowed. And that, that like you were saying earlier, that would make me even kind of step back and question and say, Hmm. No crosses, even though you're born again. Really, you can't have a cross. Yeah. And no holy water. What? What would it matter? It's water. Is water. So you right. you know.
1: Which I also thought was kind of like, well, you're kind of going to get yourself there because he said that you can, you have to believe in order for it to work. And clearly, they don't believe Charlie or that this man is a vampire. So even if they brought the crosses, like later on in the movie, it even shows. Right. They didn't believe it right. would work. So well, the
0: holy water might have though.
1: Right, but, I mean, still, but the <laughs> cross is wise.
0: Right. It just goes
1: uh, into what you're saying.
0: Yeah, so he shows up in full-on character, um, Peter does, and they go through with the test, and Jerry drinks the fake holy water. Everyone is all good with the test and thinking it's over, and Jerry is also caught off guard with Amy, assuming that uh, she looks like the painting right. that isn't. And I I skipped over that earlier. I didn't mean to. Um when Charlie was in the house with the police officer, he saw a painting. He was kind of like, just don't I'm like, What are you just gonna sit there and go through somebody's stuff while yeah. you're sitting there? Um and he's like, Amy? He sees a painting of some lady and re- says that it resembles Amy, and then when Jerry comes downstairs, he sees Amy and says, Wow, that really does look like her, quote unquote her. And even when the uh when they're leaving here in a second, um, Billy says, wow, it, it does look like her. So she clearly resembles whoever this person is supposed to be. Right. Um, Amy and Ed are talking to Jerry, saying their goodbyes, and Peter sees that Jerry does not cast a reflection. He freaks out and gets everyone out of the house, but does tell Charlie that Jerry did not cast a reflection before he drives off. So Billy Cole was like, oh, this should be good. But then Jerry steps on a piece of the mirror that broke underneath the uh, his foot that fell out of Peter's case when he dropped it. Yeah.
1: See this scene right before he steps on the thing and Billy's all, Oh, this should be good. Kind of made me think that he wasn't going to go after Charlie because what are you saying? Just like now nobody's going to believe him. So Charlie might not try to do anything anymore. Blah, blah, blah. Right. Instead, so that, that kind of like the fear factor, what he was trying to do, just kind of scare him. Right. Because um, when they call him to do, set up the fake thing and he hangs up, um, Jerry even says, "Oh well, we don't even have to go over to his house."
0: Right, they're bringing him here. They're bringing
1: him here, so that I think that goes into that they weren't going to do anything to him, the high profile right. thing. And so.
0: he even said, "He's like, you don't want your, you don't want to cause your friends any more pain, do you?" Right. And he was like, "No, I find you're not a vampire," and he's, you know, he's not happy about it, but he's clearly going to be done with yeah, it. Yeah, because there's
1: nothing else he can do. Right, Right. Right. And then he steps on the glass. And
0: then he steps on the glass. <laughs> and he's this mirror, whatever you want to say. Um, Charlie decides that they have to take Amy home. And since his car was trashed out by Jerry, they decide to walk. Um, I don't know why they couldn't just borrow his mom's car, maybe?
1: Or her bike. She The moped. Yeah, the moped. She came over on the moped. Right? Why no. she could have just taken it herself home? but
0: No. <laughs> whatever. Uh, so they're walking her home, and she apparently lives on the other side of... Uh, Everywhere. Yeah. Because they walk across the city. What seems like a city.
1: It was it was so weird because you there weren't really buildings. It looked mm. like they were in a mall parking garage, is yep. what it looked like to me. And we're just walking because then they, they there's a convenient um power thing that's just yeah. out in the open. <laughs> that was so weird. I'm like well, what is going on? Yeah, they
0: they leave the comfort of his like little cul-de-sac town and they end up in like these back alley locations. Um Ed wants to cut through alleys, but Charlie is like, no way. Ed does cut down an alley and acts like he got bit, and it pisses Charlie off something fierce, Which I
1: guess could be the part of the Boy He Cried yep, Wolf type deal. Exactly.
0: It's the Boy Cried Wolf situation uh, for, <laughs> for poor evil Ed. That's
1: why it made, um, made like him less.
0: <laughs> he does end up getting bitten by Jerry after trying to run away, uh, which was kind of a yeah. sad little scene. I mean, he's he's just there, and he's like... You know, they're not going to pick on you anymore. You won't get beat up anymore. You won't be this freak. You'll be, I know what it's like to be a freak. So he decides to go ahead and let him bite him. Um, And it's just sad that he played on his, on his weakness that way. To me, it always made me sad. Poor, poor Ed. I feel bad for his character because he just seems like a real freak and, and everybody, you know, even his friends kind of treat him like trash.
1: Well, he acts like, oh, whatever. (sighs) Act like trash. Be treated like trash. You can well, be funny in some senses, but he still had that kind of like school shooter vibe about him. <laughs> and I would not be on my friend list.
0: They do hear him scream, but they think it's him messing around again. Charlie wanted to go after him, but Amy's like, no, it's 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 Ed being screwing around. We're not gonna sit there and play these games all night. Um but then they see the power box all smashed out. <laughs> right. Um and they realize they're being hunted by Jerry. So they end up sneaking into the back of a dance club in an attempt to escape.
1: I wanted to mention as well because you always do. Um, the golden F bomb was dropped by Ed in the alley.
0: Now here's what's weird about that. Then this is the reason I didn't bring it up. Oh, this is a rated R movie.
1: Oh, does it get say multiple times?
0: It. I didn't hear it anymore. I, yeah,
1: I heard it only the once.
0: It, it's. It's. He says, "Screw you, Brewster," and he yeah. says, "And yeah, that's when he says it." Um, and I. I was actually going to mention it, and then I was like, "Wait a minute." Because of the previous scene, the topless scene, I said, oh, wait a minute, this oh, that's isn't right. PG-13. That's right. And I looked it up, and it's sure as anything is R. Well, so either
1: way, I wanted to mention it.
0: I appreciate you mentioning yeah. it. Um, it is just the one time that he says it. So, um, I don't remember anybody else even really cussing in the movie. No, really, Mine it was, was just evil. just that one scene.
1: <laughs> there was a lot of S-words dropped that I heard by Ed.
0: But, yeah. That's but, about it. Yeah. Um... So, they duck into the dance the dance club, trying to escape from Jerry. Uh, Charlie does call the police, but they don't believe him. While this is going on, Ed, who is now a vampire, goes to Peter's apartment to kill him, but Peter uses a cross to fend him off.
1: Oh, it was so disgusting, and, too. <laughs> I hated this.
0: And how it's all meaty on his it's forehead. It's all
1: meaty and melty and, like, skins on the cross now.
0: Yeah. Oh, it was gross. Um... Ed runs off and jumps out the window to escape him. Now, I'm guessing that what this plays into, because Amy later, when P- uh, when Peter holds up the cross, is also affected by it, but he has no effect on Jerry. And he says, you have to have faith, you have to have serious faith to affect me with these crosses. So I guess low-level and new vampires, maybe still, even if you don't have as much faith, it, just the idea of it, they have faith in it themselves, so it affects them, maybe?
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, We cut back to Charlie and Amy in the club where Charlie decides to call Peter for help again since the police don't believe him. Um, Which, again, I I would think that if you call the police and you're like, hey, this guy's trying to kill us, we're stuck in a club, don't bring up the point that it's a vampire.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) They might be a little bit more prone to coming and helping you, Um, but... I guess since his name is probably on some list, it's a smaller town. So maybe they're like, this guy calls, talking about this guy trying to kill him. We're not having it. We're we're done. We're no dice.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, While he talks to Peter, Amy gets entranced by Jerry and ends up dancing with him, seemingly under his spell.
1: Yeah. See, this is one of the moments that i meant dragged on. Because this goes on for a good while. Their little little dance thing. Yeah. And I was like, I don't want to. I'm so uncomfortable watching this. I don't like... I didn't like it. Because these kids are, what, like, 16, 17?
0: Something like that. And
1: he's, like, old. I I was just really
0: uncomfortable. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, then. 16, 17, and he's old, so it's not okay. (laughs) But if he looks young like Edward Cullen... Then it's okay for him, to
1: but that doesn't seem. Oh, no. Those that's, things, like, that's listen, double Listen, this standards. scene went on for like five to six minutes. It was so long. <sighs> that's unnecessary. The dancing, scene—it's magical and wow. No, I hated it.
0: I give you that, but and that's he's all touchy on fa- because it was gross. Uh, so if he was younger, it'd have been okay. If I'm he not was saying if he was younger,
1: more. it would it would it would have been okay. He's still a vampire. It was still old to me. Wait, he looks not even so like. So then,
0: what's your what's your take on Twilight? He's he's what hundred something something years old, and so it's it's it okay mean, it's or not okay? I mean, it's also kind of creepy. It's very creepy. He's a he's an old man. But in I'm comparison. not. But none
1: of those scenes went on for like twenty minutes.
0: I don't know. Some of them scenes did seem to go on for a while. Him <laughs> sparkling like, at the ah uh, whatever.
1: I don't know. It just went. It was just too long. Same oh, but same thing with the running through the alley scene with um Ed. Yeah, he ran for like a good like. Three minutes? Three to five minutes?
0: It wasn't that long.
1: It, it felt that long. It wasn't. And That's my point. It felt long, and it uh-huh. was unnecessary.
0: Mm. I did like that during the dance, how Amy's hair got all crazy for some reason.
1: Yeah, he like, takes <laughs> off her ha- headband. It's like an afro all of a sudden. Her <laughs> hair gets huge.
0: Um, it's all big and bouffant. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Jerry tells Charlie to bring Peter Vincent to his house if he ever wants to see Amy again. Uh, Charlie does attempt to rescue Amy from Jerry, but they get separated when Jerry tears up two security guards. And- Which
1: I thought was dumb because he sits there and he tells, or Charlie's like, "You're not gonna kill me here. There's too many people around." And then he starts murdering people, just starts slashing them up. And I'm like, "Man, what is going on?" That,
0: that you know, that's a really that is a good point. Yeah, he, exactly. He, he does. He's clearly wanted to kill Charlie and. Peter, because they know his secret, but then he turns into kind of vampy and kills two people in front of everybody. Um, But apparently the entire crowd in the 1980s dance club has no time to want to tell anybody anything because everybody dips. I mean, they all (laughs) run out, which causes causes Charlie and Amy to get separated. Uh, Charlie does make it out just in time to see them driving away in the jeep
1: <laughs> and Ed's in the back like ah.
0: yeah he's ah, with the cross on his forehead
1: right gross.
0: um yeah I thought that would have healed but I guess no dice um Charlie does go to Peter's apartment and tries to convince him to help but he's terrified he's like look I'm a coward
1: I thought it was gross as well that he, he, Peter makes Charlie touch the cross with the meaty skin on it so
0: oh um, that's true I didn't think about it. yeah <laughs> he's like you touch this he's like <laughs> yeah, gross <laughs> Uh, we then find that Amy has been dressed in some fancy outfit, and she sees the painting of what looks to be her as well. And then Jerry seduces her and bites her. It's a little cringy.
1: Yep. Also went on for a really long time too.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, seeing as how she is supposed to be a high school student and he is clearly a thousand-year-old vampire. <laughs> um, oh, I guess we don't know he's a thousand in this movie in part two. His sister, Regine, talks about how he's a thousand-year-old. Is it part two? Oh, yeah. And it's great. I don't want to talk to you about it because you'll just not like it either. (laughs) Um, Charlie decides to attempt to go to the house himself. Peter intercepts him and says he will help him. So they go into the house. It's obvious that Jerry and Billy know that they're there because the door basically just, like, swings wide open. (laughs) It's like, oh, great. And we can see from Jerry's point of view, like, we get that flighty camera effect so jerry knows that they're in the house um he does come out and say the line that i quoted at the beginning the welcome to fright night for real
1: he doesn't say it that fast.
0: well no he doesn't
1: it's a lot of pauses uh,
0: he does he walks on the stairs on. a bit uh peter tries to hold a cross up to jerry but doesn't have any faith so it doesn't work uh charlie pulls out his cross and it works because he has faith, but then Billy shows up and throws him over the railing.
1: <laughs> see, you know, at at this point, I didn't think Billy was anything but a human. Somebody that maybe was trusted by Jerry because sure. in the scene where um, Peter has the mirror and he can't see uh, Jerry, you can see Billy. So I was like, okay, well, maybe he's just a trusted person, blah, 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 blah. And then, and then the scene progresses. Right. And it's like, oh, Clearly he's not human.
0: Right. Peter flees. First, Peter Vincent flees to Charlie's house, looking for his mom, but she's not there. I thought it was weird that he ran in looking for Mrs. Brewster. Why would you... Why? To get help, I guess. I guess. He does try to pick up the phone, but the line's been cut. So instead of the mom, he finds Evil Ed.
1: This was my favorite scene.
0: He runs into (laughs) he runs in terror from Ed, who transforms into a wolf, a really pretty wolf. By the way, I thought this was
1: really funny because he goes up to the bed and he's got yarn on as the (laughs) hair, and I was like, man, that's really crap because I can imagine running through like the house looking for something to disguise it with and finds yarn.
0: This is why Ed is fantastic, though, because even in his vampire form. He's still a jackass. He's still yeah. I'll give him he's that. He's still Ed. He's oh, oh. There's meat yep. yeah. it.
1: <laughs> dinners <laughs> in the oven. <laughs>
0: just, that I I really just appreciate that point of Ed, that he's still you know and he's still raw you know scaring. He he just to to get Peter scared and he so he can laugh at him. Yeah. He's I. That's why I like it. Yeah,
1: I, um, I guess. Yeah, I did, I did. I did think that was funny.
0: It does transform into a wolf. A really pretty wolf. A, um, a which really pretty wolf. I
1: thought honestly, because it's in the trailer that you see the wolf. I thought that what that was Billy was. You know, I thought Billy uh, was a werewolf. You know, it's kind of like a friend thing or whatever. And then like the silver bullet or whatever would hurt him. Sure. whatever. but then no, the vampire could do
0: it. Sure. What's that? Uh, the movie was Selena, uh, where they're vampires. Um, underworld the uh the vampires in that movie there's there's one of them that the lichens are like the protectors of the vampire they like use them as slaves or something like that to protect them while they're sleeping or something like that i think that's that's kind of like in the lore that, that wolves that werewolves were protectors because they could be out during the night and then vice versa the vampires oh, yeah. hooked them up and and it was a symbiotic relationship
1: that also happened to twilight oh that's
0: yeah <laughs> Good old Twilight.
1: Because <laughs> we want to make comparisons. Uh,
0: so Ed, as a wolf, lunges at Peter, and Peter uses a uh, a broken piece of the table to impale him. Uh, now, this part uh, is really disturbing to me because one, the reverse transformation of Ed from a wolf into a human
1: is horrifying, traumatizing, if I may, honestly, because he becomes several different things, and they're all horrible.
0: All of those. Things. All of them are horrible. All of those things are true about it. And the graphics on that are just fantastic. I mean, you're yeah. watching this part of this guy. And not only is he transforming back into your humor, he's in serious pain.
1: I thought it was it was weird to me because I, I was so conflicted of whether or not I was supposed to feel bad. Because right. he's sitting there reaching out to Peter as well. Like, help me, please. Right. And, I was, and Peter's kind of like, oh, I don't know what to do. And I mean, I felt bad because, you know, this kid dies. Right, obviously, it's kind of sad.
0: Right, and it's, but it's at not the same fair. time.
1: He was trying to kill Peter, like not even like five seconds ago.
0: But that wasn't was that wasn't really him, though. That was the,
1: the I don't know.
0: The, the
1: <laughs> it was kind of him.
0: So the pain and suffering of the death is enough to kick Peter into gear and go back to fight Jerry and Billy. He's like this. This just won't stand. It, the whole reason that he was coming in the first place was because Charlie basically told him, "Look, we're going to be dead. It's going to be on your head." Um. If you don't come and help us, I'm going to be dead. Amy's dead. We're all dead. So, you know, live with that. So, <laughs> yeah, right. I know. <laughs> Damn. Jerry dumps Charlie in with Amy, who is going through transformation into a, be- a vampire. I
1: thought this was pretty funny because it's like he sits there and seduces her and then throws in her boyfriend with her. And right. Like, oh, here you go. Good luck. And then gives him a steak. Like, you're going to need this. Right. I was like, that's kind of shitty. Not going to lie.
0: Uh, apparently there are different levels of vampirism where Ed has made more like ghoulish levels but Amy is being transformed into like full on vampirist I don't know um, it, because yeah. Ed obviously transferred really fast or transformed I guess you'd say whereas maybe Amy it's different is going- with women, maybe maybe um, Peter reaches the room where Charlie is being kept And is able to break the door open. And the two decide that they have to kill Jerry in order to turn Amy back by human. If everything else in the lore has been true up to so, you know, so far, then this should be true as well. That as long as they kill the main vampire by dawn and the new vampire doesn't feed, then she should turn back into regular human. Makes sense to me. Makes sense to me. So they go out to find and confront him, but they run into Billy. Um, Billy shoots, uh, I'm sorry, Peter shoots Billy in the head, point Blake, but he returns to life and is shot several more times. He still keeps coming, man. I and mean, he comes and comes until Charlie stabs him in the heart with wood.
1: See, I thought this was a scene because I, I, I remembered it as they shoot him in the head, turn around, and then Jerry's there. And then that was a scene where they get the crosses out.
0: So. I, I I kind of grazed though so that Jerry does come out and Charlie turns around and they both have the cross and, and he's like ah and and, Char- and Charlie says we've got him and Jerry says do you because he sees Billy laying on the floor after having been shot and then he runs off Jerry runs back off and then Billy gets back up and starts coming they hear they hear him on the stairs behind them
1: see I thought this was the scene where they get out the crosses and then and then Billy comes and grabs it out of. Charlie's hand. No, that was before. It, and then it's behind them after they've shot him. But yeah. I, I
0: remember you're just you're just remembering it's also, two parts together. They
1: were this a b- very similar scene. So very similar. Could have been a one whole scene, but you know have to drag on with the movie.
0: Well, so. this is where everything goes to hell for Billy Cole. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, terrifying eighties graphics come out, and he literally melts into a puddle of green goo and sand.
1: Yeah, this was terrible. It's
0: pretty horrible. I
1: that this is the part where I was like. Are you a vampire? What is happening? I was so confused. So this
0: is where it comes down again to where the way when I looked it up, because I've always been confused about that as well, where he took a whole bunch of bullets, but then a stab of wood through the heart killed him. Yeah. So what it is is that he's basically partial vampire. So he was given some powers, but not made a full vampire because that's why he can go out in the light and he still casts a shadow and he can protect Jerry during the day.
1: How do you become a partial vampire? I what don't, is the- I
0: look, I don't know. And that's a ghoul. Um, in a movie called Brooklyn in vamp, uh, <laughs> Brooklyn and vampire, a vampire in Brooklyn with Eddie Murphy in it. Um, he created a ghoul. He made, he made, he gave somebody partial powers and he made them. Ghoul. So it's, it's obviously part of the lore that they make these ghoulish type people to watch out. It, it, It wasn't working out for the guy that he made, um, a ghoul and vampire in Brooklyn, but this guy, Billy was, was doing okay until he got
1: melted. It was horrible.
0: Melted. And again, people were like, bro, how did you do these graphics? This is the best graphics we've ever seen. Um. So then they return to Amy, who is getting worse, and apparently her hair and features change too. <laughs>
1: yeah, she's always got she super long hair and it's red. It's red. Yeah. <laughs> so, what it was going I don't, I don't
0: know. So Jerry tries to command Amy to kill them, but she's still pretty weak or still pretty new. So Jerry comes crashing through the giant window and faces Peter, who at first still lacks faith until he sees the sun starting to come up. Then he gets restored faith and it works for him. He's like back and he's like, ah. Um, Clocks start going off and it's to alert that it's dawn. That's why Jerry's got all these stinking clocks all over all the dang walls. So Jerry freaks out, transforms into a bat. He attacks Peter at first, who uses the sunlight to get him off, but not before he bites Charlie on the arm. Now, I don't know if getting bit like that is the same as getting bit by regular, but I guess Charlie was like, I'm fine.
1: Maybe bit as a bat means you turn into a ghoul.
0: Mm, maybe. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> um. Jerry flies off into the basement. Uh, they go down there looking to, you know, they're going to, now they've got him on the run. It's daytime. They've got him on the run. He's scared. So they find a false wall that hides his coffin and the coffin that they've prepared for Amy as well. They showed it earlier where they were putting like earth into it and everything like that. Um, which I thought was pretty cool. Again, lore vampires have to have their own soil in um, Bram Stoker's Dracula. When he came over from Transylvania to America, he had his own soil from his homeland in his coffin. Um, So it's more, so it's just more lore. Again, that's one of the things I love about this is that it's just little things like that, but they pay attention to attention to detail to bring that old into the new, especially. And of course it was new in the eighties. It's not new now, but um, they didn't try and rewrite the vampire lore. They just stuck with what it was and made it fun and new again. Um, yeah,
1: because I suppose now most days you hear about vampire, like vampire movies or vampire shows. It's all like, oh, that stuff's just made up by humans. Here's what actually kills us, you know, stuff like that.
0: Right. But and that's what I mean. That's what they were playing on in this movie with telling the, you know, that's how the vampires were basically living undetected because vampirism and vampires in a, as a whole had become. The Peter Vincent movies; it had just become a joke. Nobody believes in vampire. Like right now, if we literally were like, "Look on this podcast," I'm confirming vampires are real.
1: I am a vampire. I,
0: yes, I'm a vampire. You're a vampire. Everybody in my house is. Ha 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 ha! Nobody believes it, right because <laughs> because, because it's just face. not it's not real. <laughs> That's what the vampires in this movie are are basically surviving on. Is that it's <laughs> vampires psh, posh? You know posh. how funny is Humbug. that? Humbug.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: Um. So, they're searching for, for the coffins. They found the fake wall. Peter does. Amy comes downstairs, and she is completely different looking. I'm pretty sure it's a different woman altogether, actress-wise. I, sh- I should have looked in the credits and seen if, like, there's vampire Amy. Yeah. Um. So, Charlie first holds up a cross to fend her off, and it works. But she starts crying and saying, you promised not to let, let him get me, and you promised you would keep me safe. I don't remember that promise. He, right. <laughs> um, she
1: seems to expect a lot more out of the relationship that she, he's going to give her.
0: <laughs> she hears him drop the cross, and when she looks up to attack, she has a wildly huge mouth full of teeth. yeah, this is the part that I'm talking about that there was something made for it like shark mouth is basically what it was. This is the part that's on the cover of the of the fright night d v d and it was even the artwork of the uh, you know, when you go to the movie theater, you see the artwork for the movies coming out. And the, the oh, that's little,
1: her on the front of the DVD?
0: That's that that image of her with the shark mouth. Oh, I thought that was a man.
1: No, it's her. You can even <laughs> see, like,
0: if you look at some of the other little shadow, uh, clouds, like, you'll see, like, the bat head is in there. Oh. And everything like that. Yeah. That's it, kind of
1: interesting. Yeah. it's a nice way to do that.
0: Um, She does attack Charlie, who deals with her while Peter gets the coffin open. Because it's been locked from the inside. Um, he does get it open and stakes Jerry, but he misses his heart, I'm guessing.
1: Yeah, he, it seems he, to be more on his shoulder.
0: Right. Right. Um he stands straight up. Jerry does out of the yeah. coffin without which is a cool effect. He just he's just like, ah, and he's just like like straight up right out of the coffin. Um Jerry chucks the stake, knocking a piece of blackened-out glass out of the window. And Charlie sees that.
1: Which apparently outside it's like the holy lights outside.
0: Well, I mean the sun was coming up.
1: Right. But I mean so it, it, it seemed like the only angle of this basement was like there's no houses around it. It's just the sun was completely everywhere. And so there weren't right, but they go around on the whole thing and open up every window and it's not like, oh well this stream's a little bit lighter than this stream that's over here. Like this is the side that's facing the sun. Every side was like this is the side that's facing the sun. Do you go
0: in a lot of basements? Then you don't know how the yeah, light comes I, in.
1: I know how lighting works.
0: <laughs> sunlight is everywhere. It's omnipresent. Okay.
1: Oh.
0: <laughs> sunlight is everywhere. And and they were in a... It was a very sunny day.
1: Oh, okay. Sunny uh, morning, actually.
0: Sunny morning. Yes. So. Um, as I was saying, Charlie sees this, that the sun is coming in. Magically. And he starts breaking all of the windows to allow sunlight into the basement. Um, Jerry is trapped and looks to be defeated for a second. So he wants. To, he goes to try to get into the other coffin, but Peter closes it. And his look at Peter is just like you. Like he's just. <laughs> he's exactly, he's <laughs> <done>. <laughs> Um So Jerry looks to attack once more until Charlie rips down a huge blanket, revealing a full open window that blasts sunlight all over Jerry.
1: I thought this was kind of interesting that as Jerry's like dying in a sense, he calls out to Amy.
0: Yes. Yes, he is blown backwards into the wall and erupts in the fire. He calls out to Amy, but Charlie is able to subdue her and keep her from going to him because she was going. Yeah. And it was like You I, wanted to burn with you? I, I wonder
1: if like <laughs> she was gonna cover him so he could escape, something like that, like go sacrifice yourself with me, or maybe a thing where he could draw power out of them. Like give me your something. life force to heal me as- myself as like the head vampire. Something I don't know.
0: Well either way. He burns. And then basically evaporates into nothing.
1: Yeah, it becomes like a skeleton <laughs> dancing on the wall. And yeah.
0: yeah. It's horrible. Yep. Amy is is uh transformed back to normal. Short hair Amy. Short head regular faced Amy. Uh, the trio hug it out and everything seems to be back to normal. Uh, we close on Charlie and Amy once again making out on his bed while watching Peter on Fright Night. Um, who seems to have gotten his job back. So either I guess he went back to work for them. Or... They hired him back, however, you want to say it. Um, in part two, Regine is a special effects actress or whatever you want to say, and she's replacing him on as the Fright Night host. Maybe he dies, so no, he doesn't die.
1: Well, maybe he's too old to do anymore. I don't know. Either way, <laughs> I don't think he got fired.
0: So he is now showing other types of movies, like you were s- said at the beginning, that are not his own, um, like space movies and stuff like that. Charlie gets up and turns the TV off, and as he crosses back, he glances out the window, and he thinks he sees a pair of red glowing eyes in the window. Were they and, red?
1: I thought they were yellow. Uh,
0: they were red. Um oh. and he's like,
1: did you see something?
0: And he's like, nah. And, you know, goes back to her. They kiss. That's the end. And, you know, is it the end? Because it pans out the window slowly, and you hear once again, oh, you're so cool, Brewster, as it pans out the window. <laughs> so... Initially, um, and it's it's not part of my tr- my uh, trivia here in this one, but initially there was going to be a part two, and it did have Evil Ed in that house. Yeah, like alive? he didn't die. He didn't, which would have been really weird well, of how they would have done that. But
1: he didn't melt. He, didn't. he was just naked body. On the assumably,
0: floor. <laughs> assumably, the mother got off work and came home and.
1: Saw her son's and friend. And saw
0: this guy stabbed out on the... I mean, how do you explain that? Because yeah. it's still murder and he looks all normal. It's not like he looks wolfy anymore and has a thing on his head. He got all cleaned and, and fresh again.
1: Maybe, uh, maybe they took care of it before she got home. Ate some meatloaf. <laughs> i
0: don't know which which what happened was i came home in my in my mom's bed he was there with a yarn wig on
1: (laughs) (laughs) he became a wolf i promise
0: yeah
1: no i mean that's i guess that's an interesting theory like maybe he got like he came back to his senses was able to get the stuff out of his chest and after like resting for a little bit ran off and then was the one in the house and then that's why they have him talking at the end.
0: Which is why there was going to be a part two initially, and the part two was going to be him.
1: That would have been... I, I would have been okay with that, I suppose.
0: Ugh. So...
1: I mean, I wouldn't have watched it. What,
0: <laughs> <laughs> what are your overall thoughts of the film and the experience? Um,
1: I, I mean, it was kind of lame. wasn't that interesting. Didn't really keep my, my, my attention... I mean, visually, it's all bland colors up until the sun at the end, which reaches everywhere, apparently. Oh. Um, but, I mean, I like the nightclub scene. I mean, that was kind of fact, not didn't like not the them dancing, just the fact that the night – the setting. I, I like the setting. It was a very different – it was contrast.
0: Could you feel the 80s oozing out of that club? <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. Um, well, would you recommend it to a friend? No. Uh.
1: I liked – the only thing I, I would give props to this movie – is their their special effects uh-huh. and the the layers to the movie? There were a lot of different things going on that you just had to be paying attention to.
0: Did you have a favorite character?
1: Charlie's mom. uh can we can we give it to Ed? I guess we can give it to Ed.
0: I give it to Ed. I say Ed's my favorite character. I say he's the best character of the film.
1: He's. The, I would give him the funniest character. Yeah, but I would still beat him up if he was around me. I would punch uh. him until he stopped making comments that were stupid. <laughs>
0: Uh, did, so, your favorite scene was the basically at the nightclub without the dancing. No,
1: my favorite scene was Ed with the wig and the oh, bed. <laughs> that was my favorite scene. He looked like Raggedy Ann. He's a he
0: raggedy Ann. I think it's funny because, I mean, of course, why would she have had a wig anyways? Why, but yeah. the fact that they decided to put a wig, like he's like Mrs. Brewster, and you can clearly see, it's like, why would Yard. her
1: hair look yeah, like Yeah, it looked yarn? like, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> um. We do our rating film with Cal's Moves, best of five, zero to five. How many do you give? How many moves do you give Fright Night?
1: I guess 1.5 out of five. <sighs> I guess.
0: I'm going to put it up there at four. Are you serious? Yeah, nah. it's. Look, from my point of view in the 80s, you have, that I can off the top of my head think of, Fright Night and Lost Boys. Those are the two 80s Vampire movies that I—I I think it was Layer of the White Worm, which was really weird. <laughs> That's a great title, dude. It was a really weird movie, a really weird movie. I can't even, and it, I can't even, I can't even explain it. I, I think I saw it twice a, in my life, and that was enough. And I think I had to go to therapy afterwards for some <laughs> of the some of the scenes that were going on. There literally was like a giant white worm. And there was vampires and all kinds of weird stuff.
1: I don't know. I mean, even not comparing this to other movies, like current day movies, it's just the fact that it was just so long and there were too many pauses and it just dragged on. And I, I as a person who doesn't like to sit still, yeah, I don't like, I don't I don't want to watch it.
0: Well, how do you feel about it with it being like in, in vampire lore? Like, do you prefer this vampire versus other vampire movies that you've seen? How do you feel like this against, um, like a Twilight? I mean, when you've I got- I mean, you
1: can't compare things to Twilight. That movie's on its own. But pedestal it's kind of i mean wise. but i mean growing up in my day and age the 2000s the movies that i've seen vampire wise are obviously that kind of like like I mean, you have like the Vampire Diaries and Twilight, where they're vampires, but they're they're not like old vampires, how they like Dracula and stuff like that. Which, which, as a kid, is what you compare things to. You're I like, no, well, I mean- oh, blah, blah, like you were saying earlier, like how people are gonna look at it and be like, oh, well, vampires, humbug, you know. So in that sense, I can't look at this movie the way you look at it because I don't see vampires in this way. So to me, it seems cheesy. The fact that they were sitting there like, oh, get garlic and get everything. Like, he was making fun of them. That's who I would have... <laughs> that's I mean, that's me. I would have been made, making fun of you if you came at me and you said, oh, there's a vampire next to me. I would have been like, oh, make sure you get some garlic. Ha ha ha. Because that's not real. And then the fact that that's... I mean, that's what killed them. So it was like, okay, well, I guess.
0: But even in the vampire diaries, they had to have sunlight rings. Otherwise, they'd burn up in the right, sun. Right, but that's why it <laughs> was progression.
1: It was progression. So it was like, oh, well, here's more to it that's why when you saw jerry out where well, you could look at his hands he had a ring on and i thought that's what that was a sunlight ring and then it t- turned out oh no It's just fancy fancy yeah so i mean i would have liked a more of a higher like i, I would have like progression because after you know so many years i mean th- i just would have liked more out of it the fact that it was like oh well crosses and holy water and blah 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 it just seemed kind of lame
0: i got you all right all right i won't beat you up on it too much all right <laughs> so a bit of trivia always the fun facts i love to throw in the end a fright night was the first vampire movie to spend one million on special effects Spend. you can't i
1: i mean that's just <laughs> It it shows
0: I think so too. I think that it's got for a movie that that wanted things. to have character, uh, you know, pa- character progression over special effects. I think that it really, really put it took the time put put the work in on the special effects. It was the guy that they hired. I think
1: know? that's another thing that goes into it because I mean, if you're going to compare to something like like the newer the vampire diaries when they were stabbed i mean you had the smoke coming out of it you know like like with this pencil scene where he had like steam coming out of his hand everything yeah. melting away but they didn't become horrible demon looking things they still looked like normal people in mm. a sense but these they became like full-on goblins and it was horrible they were yeah. so ugly i hated them so, so- <laughs> disgusting
0: a puppet that was created and rejected for the Ghost Library and Ghostbusters. You know, at the beginning of Ghostbusters when the ghost goes. Ah, ah.
1: never seen that movie.
0: Well, everybody else know when I go.
1: Ah, <laughs> they're gonna know
0: what I'm talking about. Um, it was too. It was considered too terrifying for a PG-13 movie. Too,
1: too terrifying. So it
0: was repurposed into the burning vampire monster at the end of Fright Night. The same people that worked on Ghostbusters, like I said, worked yeah. on Fright Night. So they still had it. So they basically were like, "We'll, we'll just use this." It looks like a vampire we're It's trying in the to make corner all it's got
1: like cobwebs <laughs> on it. <laughs>
0: like, Dust it off, and now you're gonna burn. Um Fright Night was the most financially successful horror film of the 1985 summer season, and it was the second highest grossing horror film of 1995. Behind, you know what it was behind, and it's not a to- Tom Cruise movie. It's I don't even know that he had a movie. Uh, I don't I was. even
1: know what I would
0: know. Nightmare on Elm Street 2. Oh, Freddy's wow. Revenge. Yep. That movie was the number one. Grossing horror movie. Those
1: movies traumatize me as kids.
0: That movie part two is 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 that friggin weird? Is it the this one where we... she
1: has to go through the bed to get her son back.
0: No, is it the it's first one? it's the one where he, uh, Freddy. It's his revenge, and he basically is coming back as the real kid. It's where it's it's the it's the one where the kid is up against the wall, and Freddy cuts himself out of it. He looks in his mouth, and he, and the eyeball is in his. Oh
1: mouth. right, oh yes,
0: yeah, it's that one. <laughs> He shows up at the party and, like, catches the bushes on fire. And some kid's like, here's a beer. And he's like, you're man, you're dead. If,
1: that would be a good I, I Those movies have their pros and cons as well.
0: Truth. Gosh. So Charlie Sheen auditioned for the part of Charlie Brewster. You know who Charlie Sheen is? Maybe. No. Ugh. I
1: don't know. You'd have to compare it to an actual person. Like, I mean, <laughs> an actual, like, fictional character. I don't do actors like that.
0: I'm trying to think of a movie that you would have seen. Charlie with Sheen. Charlie Sheen, he's on uh, Two and a Half Men. Nope, he's the guy that always said winning for a long time, like everybody was saying that for like five hundred you're just looking him up real fast, yeah Oh, i him.
1: I know who this I think I know who this is he looks for... oh yeah, yes, I know who this is,
0: okay once you'll know who all these once we do more episodes, you'll know who all these people are because they'll come up in other movies, <laughs> um, but
1: oh, he's kind of attractive, young,
0: uh, yeah, well, that's before the cocaine. <laughs> or Always. during the cocaine and, and just before it took effect on his face um Tom Holland the director writer guy thought that he Charlie Sheen was too action hero-y where William Ragsdale was more of your boy next door and that's what he wanted so he was just he was just too much yeah Charlie Sheen Wolverines. he was in a lot of different things but he's He's a good actor. I I I think he has. He was in Wall Street. He was in a whole bunch of different movies that I really enjoyed. Um, you, you just you know you live long enough, you see yourself become the. I think that's what uh was said in Batman: The Dark Knight. It was uh, if you live long enough, you you live long enough to see yourself become the the villain or whatever it yeah. was, and and that's literally what happened. I mean, he just he was a really good guy, really good hero, and then Hollywood caught up with him. As often does with a lot of people. Yep. Uh, Charlie's 1966 Ford Mustang actually belonged to the writer director, Tom Holland. Huh. That beat up looking car. <laughs>
1: yeah, it looked like it was white and trying to be painted it red. It looked like he
0: had a lot of Bondo on it, is what it, that yeah. stuff. I think that stuff keeps your car together. Um, although William Ragsdale and Amanda Beers play teenagers, in reality, they were 24 and 27 years old at the time of Philly. Huh. So that's why they look. As often as, as was done at that time, um, you had older people playing high school students. Which is why when I got to high school and I still looked like a kid, I was like, what the heck?
1: <laughs> I still <laughs> look 12. Yeah, that's how I felt. Why do I still look I so young?
0: I look at these people in these movies and they look like they're old enough to be drinking. Maturing. Meanwhile, I look like I should be on a playground somewhere. <laughs> and it's just because they had older people playing them. So that makes sense. So is there anything else you'd like to add?
1: Um, Yeah, go ahead and check out our Truffle Shufflers group. As always, I try to look up um, if there's a quiz for which character you are from this movie or any of the movies we review. And there is one. It's not from BuzzFeed. It's from Quotave. But I mean, same difference. Um, I took the quiz before we started and I got Ed. Um, <laughs> I love that you got Ed. Which I feel like you are also going to get Ed. I am it. Um, <laughs> I feel like, <laughs> th- yeah, I. I mean, I'd rather be Ed than anyone else from this movie. If we're gonna put it out there like that, yeah. So I some
0: Jerry. You want to be? Mean, you want to be Jerry? I mean, he's a badass vampire. No. I mean, no. Ugh. Okay, then I'll be Ed. He's appropriate. Perfect- if I get to be Ed, I want to have the yarn wig.
1: <laughs> yeah, sure. I want to be Raggedy I Ann, mean, Ed. My
0: sister April, if you listen to this, um, I want you to make me a yarn wig like Ed so I can wear it around the house. I'll be like, <laughs> 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 <It's> so weird. <laughs> I have I'll wear judgment it to work face. and everything. Oh, look at this. What's this guy's problem? He's got a yarn wig on. Eh, we'll let him go with it. I will uh, not let you go with that. All right. Anything else?
1: Um, no, just, uh, no, I don't have anything else to add.
0: All right. And we're going to wrap this up tonight. I'd like to thank everyone for stopping by and listening to our fifth episode. We do deeply, deeply appreciate it more than you could ever imagine. Um, of course, the best way to say that you love us is to give us a five-star review on iTunes. Uh, you can email us at Podcast at com. Still yet to get an email. I look every day. I, I have it where it will bling me on my phone if somebody emails and I don't get any from except for ads for people that I've reached out to for other things, but I don't get any listeners emailing me. So
1: if you have a Raggedy Ann doll, email us.
0: Yeah. Email us a, email us a picture of you with the Raggedy Ann doll. You know, if you've got an email, Raggedy Ann doll wig, put it on. I want to see a picture. I won't share it, but we'll, we'll, we'll laugh and we'll put it on our desk here at the, uh, yesteryear podcast desk. <laughs> It'd be fun. Um, we do have twitter.com at yesteryearpcast. We have Instagram.com, Yesteryear Podcast. Facebook, we have the Facebook.com forward slash Yesteryear Podcast. We have our group, the Truffle Shufflers. The secret question is host name, which is James and Beth. Really appreciate the fact that everybody has been uh, joining in there. We've been getting a lot of new listeners, a lot of new people in there, and that's fantastic. Our listeners are moving up, Um, so hopefully people are getting that out by word of mouth. You know, That's one of the best ways. Word of mouth is... One of the strongest ways and one of the most detrimental ways to get something put out. And either way, they, they used to say being talked about is, is good either way, but we want good talking. So please, five-star reviews. Yeah. Um, Our website is yesteryearpodcast.buzzsprout.com. Our Patreon, if you'd like to support us in a different way, is www.patreon.com forward slash the Nostalgia Group. I had to look up how to spell that myself. So if you do, it's Okay. <laughs> a shout out, of course, to Greg Revin, who does our music for us. Um, if you've been on Truffle Shufflers recently and you've seen the artwork, the chicken, I did not draw that. Tabitha, my daughter, did, and she wanted oh. me to put that on there. So that's Bob the chicken, and he's he's representing the group right now. We'll probably get a little bit something else here. Um, but other than that, I don't have anything else. So as always, we love you.
1: Um, uh, I I wanted to mention that I do try to when when I do the thumbnail art that I look up um, scenes from the movie and I base it off of that. So it'd be um, as like a little Easter egg to try to look it up and see which ones the movie scenes are based off. Like our thumbnails are based off. If you just look look up the movie, go to images, and then try to guess which one I based it off of. Oh, I
0: gotcha. You. When you so, do that, you that's how you do it. You yeah. look up the the thumbnails from the movie, and then that's what yeah, you because while while it cool. is
1: us, it's I try to do us in like the movie clothing and right. burnt, like the scene in the background like
0: in Beetlejuice I was the guy who had the shrunken head. Yep, and uh, yep. And then in uh, Legend I was the unicorn, <laughs> <laughs> which was epic. Uh awesome. As epic as Tom Cruise. RIP, not yet. He's, no, not, he's, not, dead. <laughs> he's not dead. Oh. Oh my so gosh. Anyway. All right, as I said, we love you. Love and you. yep. Say good night, Beth.
1: Good night, everyone.